Welcome to Birds Love You with my daddy and with my uncle Bud. What's going on, everybody? Feels weird not having any good actual football to watch over the weekend. Yep. Uh, did did get the Pro Bowl, but that doesn't count. Didn't um, even watch it. Welcome back to another episode of Booth Review. As always, I'm your host Devin Primrose, joined by my brother from another mother, Mister Blake Ivy. What's going on, man? Man, our life has been actually crazy for like the last 24 hours oh yeah uh i did so i didn't tell you this but uh yesterday playing soccer with zeke uh in the cemetery across the yard there's this big field out back there it's not disrespectful don't worry uh so we were playing soccer back there and i was running to keep up with him and as i'm running i stepped to like change directions to take the ball away from him and as i stepped my foot slipped out from under me with all my weight on it and i heard a pop and immediately collapsed on the ground thankfully x-rays were negative but i for sure have some kind of like real 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 bad sprain going on and so that's made our lives much more interesting Uh, and then zeke was sick this morning he like threw up last night so sorry sorry if you're like eating while you're listening to this but uh (laughs) So then he stayed home from school today. It was just a whole, like, our life the last 24 hours has been a little hectic. I think but, uh, I think you're just getting old, man. No. Okay, listen. <laughs> the ground was wet. My foot slipped. It's not about, like, yeah, blame it on being the ground. old. And it, they were old tennis shoes. So this is an old pair of Nikes, wet grass. It just slipped out from under me. So... <laughs> Anyway, uh, so that's been a little miserable, but uh, all things considered, uh, pretty good, pretty good. How yeah, about you? How yeah. are things going with y'all? Just working, uh, working life and trying to escape life with the podcast. There we go. There we go. This is, the, <laughs> is this the this is the last like full episode? I guess we'll do like a Super uh, Bowl review, but that's going to be short, if if anything. So penultimate episode. Yeah, for uh, season one. Yeah. So it's been fun. We have plans to do an episode next week, obviously, taking a look back at the Super Bowl. Who knows how long that will be. And then there's potentially going to be some coverage of the USFL that is uh, starting in April. So it'll be about a two-month break. Uh, I don't think Blake will be joining me for that because he's probably not going to be watching and as invested as I will be in the USFL. I'll probably watch a little bit, but I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to know anybody's names. Right, right. Uh, I've I've followed the AAF uh, two years ago, three years ago, pretty heavily. I followed the XFL pretty heavily, and then yep. both of those tanked. One of them due to finances, and one of them due to COVID. And uh, I'm really excited about a spring league succeeding, and hopefully the USFL can buck the recent trend and make something happen. So, what was that other league where like Marshawn Lynch was an owner, and like you could uh, FCF. Like, Fan, fan yeah. control football that will be back. They're they're doing nice. uh, season two of that. Um, they're expanding to eight teams from four teams. Um, they're awesome. based they're based here in Atlanta, so they'll be, be playing all their games here in, in Atlanta. So that's that's a fun league too. It's arena, which I'm not as into arena. I yeah. feel like it's just it feels gimmicky, 
And, oh, it's real gimmicky. But I do like the idea of fans controlling almost every aspect, including the play calling. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's really cool. It's so if you, if you haven't checked that out, I think, I think their season starts in April also, but they'll be doing a full season as well. And it's fun, and all they stream all their games on Twitch, so you can check it out on Twitch. But yeah, so the USFL, I will hopefully be back covering some in about two months, and then that lasts until June, and so we'll have about another two-month break until things start rolling in 2022. So that's the plans for the immediate future. But for now... I think I think we should do a uh, a surprise basketball playoff podcast. We'll do one of those. Oh, I would man. like to. Just like yeah. like hey like once they have them set like we we'll, we can make picks and yeah, talk yeah. about. That's that's that, when that'd be fun. Yeah. When the NFL stops, I'm not like I don't you can miss me with the USFL. I'll probably watch a little bit but like I switched to NBA. Go Hawks. Big Trey Young fan. Love love basketball. I I don't I mean Devin's the same way. Like neither one of us yeah. I won't miss a minute of playoff basketball. I will watch every single playoff basketball game. Um, I watch I watch a lot of it. I don't watch nearly as much as you, but I watch a lot of it. So um, that's that's kind of where my allegiance switches when it's not football season cuz let's face it, up until this point, uh none of the NBA games matter. So yeah, after the Super don't. Bowl and like I've watched the past few Hawks games, like I've already started to kind of make that switch. All, all that to say yeah, it's real sad that football's over. Yeah, I mean, my my allegiance switches to baseball. Baseball doesn't start till April, and it might not right. start in April this year because the whole oh, lockout. The lockout. Oh so, man. Yeah, it's gonna be uh some tough tough months ahead. Hey, that's uh, just February. The Braves get to be world champs, you know. February is always the worst month for sports, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. I mean, like basketball hasn't quite gotten into the actual season. Hockey's still kind of floating around. There's no baseball. There's no football. It's just, it's just sad. Yeah. Um, but we have one more game to enjoy this weekend, and we will get to that in a little bit. But for now, we're gonna look back at our preseason predictions for all of the major awards. Uh, the NFL Awards Night is gonna be on Thursday this year, so we're gonna take a look back at our preseason predictions and make current predictions based off of what happened in the 2021 NFL season. So, I feel like we should save, like, the big ones for last. Yeah, yeah. Let's go backwards. Well, let's start with the uh, comeback player of the year. Yeah. So, who who did you have in the preseason? Uh, I had Carson Wentz, who I still feel pretty good about that. I mean, Carson came back and he played he played pretty well. I think that uh, I wouldn't say it's his fault that they missed the playoffs, but... He wasn't. He wasn't MVP. Carson Wentz. Yeah. And he, I mean, he he definitely played a part in them missing. Yeah, but I also think that he's a part of why they were even there. I mean, true. I true. think that he played well enough to where, like, I I don't feel bad about making that pick. I still think, like, he lived up to just under my expectations. I will say I forgot that Dak was eligible for comeback player of the year, or I might have picked him preseason. Yeah. Um, that was. That was I forgot that he went down last season. So I had Carson Wentz. Uh, I think that it's a no-brainer that it's going to be Joe Burrow. I think that Joe Burrow. I mean, I know that part of his, like part of the lore of Joe Burrow is postseason, right? Like, I know that we're way more hype on him now because we're in the Super Bowl. But this being a quote-unquote regular season award, I could see them not giving it to Joe Burrow, um, and and maybe Dak, but Dak. 
Dak had some poo-poo games down the stretch uh, Listen, of the regular season. It's it's absolutely Joe Burrow's award. I can give yeah. stats as to why. Yeah, I, I chose Joe Burrow for this award in the preseason. Uh, and this this might be one of my best picks of this of the year because I had some really terrible ones, especially yeah. in the awards. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I know that you did say that uh, it's funny that you had Joe Burrow as comeback player of the year and them finishing last in that division. That is. Yeah, I, you know, so I, I don't know how that math worked out. I don't I don't either. Listen, Joe Burrow's going to have a great season. The Bengals poop. Four well, wins. all right. So my, my one of my big concerns with the Bengals going into the season was the defense. I don't think a lot of people expected the defense to perform the way that it did. And so that was like, I felt like their offense was going to be okay, depending on the offensive line, which is still a garbage offensive line. But the defense was the question mark. So I thought the offense would keep them in games, but the defense would ultimately cost them games. That's where that math worked out at. But Joe Joe Burrow was my preseason pick. He's absolutely still my current pick. Um, The guy on the season led the league in completion percentage 70.4 70% completion percentage uh he was 6th in total yards with 4611 he was 8th in touchdowns with 34 touchdowns he did have 14 picks which that was pretty high but he had a 108.3 passer rating which was second in the league second overall That's uh, crazy passer rating yeah he had a phenomenal season so yeah. he even with Dak being eligible, I don't think there's any chance that Dak gets it. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, the Cowboys' offense was incredible all season long, but Joe Burrow was amazing. I mean, yeah. honestly, look you look at some of these numbers, he could get an MVP vote or two. Yeah, he might. He might. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at all because I think the MVP race is pretty wide open. Yeah. Um, there's a handful of standout guys. We'll get to that in a little bit, but... It's pretty wide open. I wouldn't be surprised if, if a vote or two goes his way. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, well let's move over to Coach of the Year. Everybody's uh, favorite award. Yeah, for for my preseason pick, I chose Matt LaFleur. Um, I just felt like if the Packers do what we all expect them to do, finish with a number one seed again, potentially make a Super Bowl run, then... How can you not give it to this guy? This guy hasn't won it yet in two years. He had twenty six. He went twenty six and six in his first two seasons, um, and so with all that, with all I mean, everything I thought would happen happened outside of the Super Bowl run. Um, but this is re- this is a regular season award, so I'm sticking with Matt Lafleur for my uh, current prediction. He's gone thirty nine and ten in his first three seasons in Green Bay, which is unbelievable. He's the first coach to win thirty nine games in his first three seasons. Just a fantastic job. Um, and I think that it's, at this point it's it's overdue. And I understand that that's like some wonky some wonky analysis and maybe a bit of a homer pick, but I'm sticking with it. Preseason, uh, I uh, also picked my home team, so I went Arthur <laughs> Smith. Uh, who I will, I will my, say I will say my homer pick looks a little bit better than yours. It does. Now <laughs> I also like I'm also not disappointed with what Arthur Smith did. This right. Year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that I mean he took a team that was. In I mean, everybody in every respect was – this is a worse team than we had last year, and we won twice as many games. Like, That's crazy. Like, it, yeah, what yeah. he did with this team is unbelievable. So, I mean, huge props to Arthur Smith. I mean, let's be honest. If you took a team and doubled their win total, it's like, okay, maybe you should be in talks for Coach of the Year. But, I mean, that's not how it works. You're not going to give Coach of the Year award to a guy who missed the playoffs. 
I think that there's big reason to think maybe Bill Belichick could get it. I think Bill yeah. Belichick should get a lot of votes for it because what he did with that Pats team with a rookie quarterback rebuilding through free agency. I mean, they for sure should win front office of the year, if nothing else. Like if I think that that's an award like GM and front office and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. give that to the Patriots for sure. But as far as coach of the year, I have to go with Mike Vrabel. That guy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I, I saw earlier, I, I sent it in the Discord that – they used more players than anybody else in the NFL this year due to injuries and um, COVID protocols and all that stuff. So the Titans ended up using more players than every other team in mm-hmm. the NFL. And they locked up the number one seed in the AFC after their best player, not even arguably, but their best player, a guy who was having one of the best seasons of any running back in NFL history goes down in week, what was it, week eight? Um, it was right yeah. at Halloween. Yeah. I've looked at that yeah, so many yeah. times. And then they still, like, I was, uh, if you listen to us, I was done with them. I was like, there's no way yeah, that this team, you were. <laughs> where the best offensive player is A.J. Brown and then Ryan Tannehill, like, that's yeah. that's your second best offensive player. But they did it, man. He, he made Deontay Foreman look like Derrick Henry, like when they, he had got that big run in the playoffs, I was like, "That's Derrick Henry. That's not Derrick Henry." Yeah. Um, I mean, it, they they did a fantastic job. So I think it's got to go to Mike Vrabel. That is part of the reason why I'm sticking with Lafleur is when you look at all the injuries the Packers had, and yeah. they they still went out and won 13 games. Yeah. They went 13 and four. I mean, you're talking about David Bakhtiari, an All Pro left tackle, gone all season. I think he came back in Week uh, 18. Uh, Jair Alexander goes down in week one out for the entire season. Um, Kevin King also, who was their second their, their second cornerback, um, went down early on in the season, missed most of the season. Zadarius Smith went down week one out for the entire season. Preston Smith had injuries also. Like These are all pro guys. These are pro yeah. bowl caliber players that you're missing on both sides of the ball. I just think that what he was able to do with that Packers team is incredible. I mean, I think the Packers are also probably one of the most talented teams in the league. So it wasn't that like what Vrabel did is definitely more impressive. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm here with, with that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I think Zach Taylor is another coach that should get some consideration um, head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals, because again, nobody, if you had the Bengals winning the AFC North in your preseason prediction, go buy a lottery ticket because nobody yep. had that. And yep. Zach Taylor went out and won won that division, a division that we discussed as being one of the toughest divisions in football um, because of Baltimore and Cleveland. And those teams underperformed, sure, but we can't discredit what Cincinnati did. I think he absolutely deserves some recognition. But yeah. Vrabel, Vrabel, I would not be surprised at all if Vrabel is the one that gets it. Defensive Rookie of the Year. I had, in my preseason pick, preseason picks i picked quitty pay i thought him coming into that colts defense was going to be uh like a you know set up for success that it's like hey this defense yeah. is already great and so here you go here's the here's the pass rusher he had an okay season he had four sacks which i think is probably more than the whole falcons team had uh <laughs> he had i think it was 10 qb pressures uh sorry 10 qb hits and and 32 solo tackles i mean he and a force fumble so like not a great year, but not a terrible year. It's like if, if you have that rookie on your team, you're like, that's, that's pretty good. We'll take him. Like, he's a yeah, solid player. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I think uh, I think it's for sure got to go to Micah Parsons, who I it's, think 
nobody else in the race. Be, right. Also should be in talks for, I mean, defensive player of the year. I mean, yeah. that dude had an unbelievable season. And I'll give you props before you even have to say it. You picked it. You picked it in your preseason picks. You picked Micah Parsons. And, and yeah, th- this is definitely the it. second one that I've nailed for sure. Preseason Micah Parsons. I'm sticking with Micah Parsons. The guy is incredible. I mean, arguably the second best defensive player behind TJ Watt, who we'll get to yep. in a few minutes. Um, as a rookie, as a like this guy's a rookie. 84 total tackles, 20 tackles for a loss, 13 sacks, three forced fumbles. I mean, those are defensive player of the year numbers, and right. he's a rookie. I mean, it's hats off going to, to Mike Parsons. There's no nobody else even close. No. There's not much conversation to be had there. Offensive rookie of the year, I had in preseason Najee Harris. I thought he'd be able to come into Pittsburgh, have a very, very, very good uh, rookie season. There and he was, did. There was no competition for him there. He did have a, a, a great rookie season. Neither one of us had faith in the rookie the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Mac Jones has an argument for this award because he's the only one that performed at all. Uh, yeah. But I think it has to go to Jamar Chase. I mean, he's this yeah. is the this is the best rookie wide receiver season we've seen since Randy Moss. The kid is unbelievable. He was fourth in the entire league in receiving yards and third in receiving touchdowns out of the entire league. Those aren't rookie rankings. Those are out of the entire league. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree with you. Like it, I, I on both. I mean, before the season I had Najee Harris as well, yeah. who had a good season. Like he did have, I a think good in, season. in most seasons, like he probably has a shot at it. Um, yeah, I would say he's probably, if I had to rank, offensive rookies he's probably third it, i would probably put chase mac jones Najee harris whoa, so i don't whoa. where's kyle pitts oh that's right kyle Pitts. yeah so it might be fourth it might be fourth for Najee. Yeah. yeah kyle pitts the only that's right yeah the second rookie ever to have rookie tight end to ever have three or have a thousand yard season yeah he was most, pretty special most receiving yards in uh for a tight end in falcons history yeah. More than uh, more than Tony Gonzalez ever had when he was here. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I wish I had picked him because I would have been closer. I feel like it's like you know. I think. But Najee that... Harris, like we said, he's that's not a bad pick. Yeah, Najee yeah, Harris yeah. had a, a really good season. But I think that if you take Jamar Chase out of the running, like if he if he didn't have the year he has, I think yeah. it's between Mac Jones and Kyle Pitts would be right. You know the the next two. Yeah, I'm w- I'm with you on on Jamar Chase. I. For the first half of the season, I think I probably would have said, maybe even the first 10 or 12 games, I probably would have said Mac Jones, especially once Jamar Chase, he had a couple of games where he only had like 30 yards receiving. Um, yeah. yeah. And so he had that stretch that he just was not that impressive. Um, he did, and then disappeared he for a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. And then he woke up and was back with a vengeance. So, yeah, I think Jamar Chase is a special talent. And I love, I, I think that. I hope other teams look at the the pairing of like the chemistry aspect of it because yeah. I mean I truly wonder if Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase have anywhere close to the season they have had without each other. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put Jamar Chase on I don't know who else would have been drafting a wide receiver, maybe I I guess probably the Dolphins were the next one to take a wide receiver. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, so, well, if you look at the way that the Dolphins, the Eagles, 
and the Bengals all drafted was based off of, hey, let's go get our rookie or young quarterback, a guy that he's familiar with. Right. Because they all went with their college old, pairing. Old college yeah. teammates, yeah. yeah. But but I just think that, like, I wonder, I truly wonder, I don't think that Jamar Chase has the season he has or Joe Burrow has the season he has without the trust that those guys had for each other coming into the season, that they right. already had that, like, built into their their game is, hey, I trust this guy. I know where he likes the ball. I know, I know his speed. I know, I mean, how right. he runs his routes. Like, he didn't have to learn any of that, which honestly – probably puts him a step ahead with other guys because it's yeah. like I don't have to work on that with Jamar because I already know that. I can keep working that working on that with T. Higgins and with uh who else? Tyler Boyd? Is he yep. yeah. Yeah. Uh with CJ Uzama. Like I can work on it with those guys then and keep that chemistry there and I just know that I know where Jamar's gonna be. Which so, I think I think you saw that because T. Higgins definitely stepped up some this year and in those those weeks where Jamar Chase did kind of disappear it was T Higgins that was yeah. that was making plays and now you've got two absolute deadly stud guys out there between Higgins and Chase and that's why it's a big reason why this Bengals team's playing in the Super Bowl which Absolutely. is crazy that Burrow and Chase two years ago were playing for a national championship and now they're playing on the same field together for a Super Bowl that's yeah. unbelievable pretty pretty crazy <laughs> yeah I, I'm, I'm with you I, I think Jamar Chase is the best the best rookie I've seen in a while a um, long time yeah okay here's, here's the real question though is if it wasn't offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year if they didn't split it up who would you give it to would you give it to Jamar or would you give it to Micah Parsons oh man that's so tough that's so tough. I think I, I would have to go with Micah Parsons because I, I think I think I think, I think Micah Parsons has a legitimate shot at I mean, maybe not legitimate shot, but he's for sure gonna get some defensive player of the year votes. Yeah. I don't think Jamar Chase is gonna get any offensive player of the year votes. I'm with you. Um, that's so. that's literally my exact same reasoning. Um, I think Micah Parsons, the impact that he has on defense, like I said, he's arguably the second best defensive player right now. And I can't say that about Jamar Chase, even though I think Jamar is probably a top five wide receiver already. Um, but that's even that it gets tough. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that what's interesting is that like I picked Quiddy pay because of the situation he was coming into. Um, right. That I thought he was going, he was just going to be like icing on the cake of a fantastic defense. And it turns out that's really what Michael Parsons was that, right. that, that Dallas defense was unbelievable. And Micah Parsons was the icing on the cake. Now, I would even argue that, you know, he might have been more than icing on the cake. Like, he was a, a major he, ingredient. He might have been the cake, and everything else was icing. Okay, okay, listen. <laughs> nobody nobody eats cake for the cake anyway. Like, uh, if that, you get, that's if you, true. <laughs> Uniced un cake is just a muffin. And, like, nobody's like, I want a birthday muffin. Like, that's nobody says that. So That's true. <laughs> you know, I see, it's not that icing isn't important. Right, um, right. But yeah, I, and so I think that you know both of us, if we had known that going into the season, it might have made us look more at. I mean, I know you already did look at Michael Parsons. Well, like but just my from like a my reasoning for Parsons was the fact that he was joining a what should be a solid defense, and the Cowboys I mean, had a solid defense. And but you also in the preseason show said, I don't know. My big question mark is Dallas's defense. I just don't know true. about them. That's, and that's then you true. picked Washington to win that division. That is true. You're right. Listen. So you can't say it's because you thought so Dallas's defense was well, pretty great. Well, 
I mean, in my in my notes for preseason award predictions, I said joins a nasty linebacking core with Keanu Neal, Leighton Vander Esch should make an immediate impact on what looks to be a good D with a solid front seven. That That's was my true. that okay. was my reasoning for picking Micah Parsons. Okay. Did I did I know Micah Parsons was going to have the season he had? Absolutely not. I just got lucky with and nailed that pick. Right, you did. It was great. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm not. I'm not trying to take anything away from you. Uh, but moving on to where were we? We were on offensive. So defensive, defensive. player yeah. of the year. Uh, before the season, I was so close, uh, so close. I picked Chase Young, who, as we all know, had <laughs> uh, I think one sack and an injury. So yeah, that was awesome. Uh, <laughs> Really, really lived up to that hype. Yeah, I, I mean, what Chase Young's career is going to be now. It's not a bad pick, though. Like Chase Young, the hype oh, it, that was around him in his rookie pick. year and going into his rookie pick. season, I think it was. I think it was more like more like a pick with potential. Man, he played. He started nine games this year, and he had one and a half sacks. Mm. That's terrible. That's pretty that's, bad. That's bad. Like. You it's, would think with those numbers bad. he would be playing in Atlanta. Like Yeah. That's some Vic Beasley level drop off in production. Alright, well I'm not gonna try and uh I'm not gonna try and make you feel any better about that pick. You man. shouldn't. It was it was <laughs> I was real wrong. I am okay with it. <laughs> I I blame hundred percent blame the Washington Commanders and that defense. Oh the commanders. I I wanted to be the first one to say it. That's what, what a I wanted terrible to, team name. I to break the ice on that one. Washington had so many we, decent options, and on we this get podcast. We will Washington forever call Commanders. them the commies. <laughs> the commies are Washington uh, commies. Like so, it just shows, like how out of touch with their fan base they are. Man, Red Wolves, like it was right there. Like, right. I really might name right. every team that I make in Madden and 2K. Like, they might all be the Red Wolves from or, now on. Or like, go pay the XFL and get the DC Defenders name. Well, I think that I think that legally, after how bad their defense was this year, they couldn't call themselves the Defenders. I think that that's what it was. They might, fan base might be would fair. Have sued them for <laughs> for fraudulent statements. Yeah. To man, I feel like I just bad. I genuinely feel bad for every Washington uh, fan out there. I do I'm like. Sorry. I like that they kept the W logo. I really like the new W logo. I think it's cool. I, I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, Commanders is not a yeah. great name. Yeah. Although those those black unis are pretty nice. Nah, they're, they're, they, they're, pretty, they're pretty. Listen, if you're gonna have a terrible name, at least have some decent uniforms. I mean, they. They just have the the uniforms from the replacements. Uh, okay, that's that's fair. It's, that's fair. It's the same. It's like the same. That's what I've seen everybody saying on Twitter. It's hilarious. Yeah. It's like it's the replacements, um, <laughs> which is funny that a football team that didn't have a name now has the uniforms for the movie about football team that didn't have any players. So <laughs> hilarious. Uh, anyway, so Chase Young, terrible pick. Uh, in reality, it there's no doubt that it's going to go to T.J. Watt, who tied the the um, single season sack record. And man, if he had just gotten one more, I wanted one to more. see him break it. But yeah, T.J. Watt had an unbelievable year. Crazy to think that J.J. Watt's little brother was going to be better than him. Like, yeah, I, I mean, I think I would confidently say that now. Yeah. Like, I know that J.J. I think he's. Tw- 
two of the top five all-time sack in a single season. Yeah. Um, which is also impressive. He's had um, at least one 20 sack season. Yeah. I believe. So, but I mean, his brother did it better and in yeah. less games, less so, games. That's the thing. Maybe if, maybe if, uh, TJ had played just one more extra game, played the same amount of straight and maybe he would have broken that record. Yeah. And, and what I love about TJ Watts game is at least what I saw in the playoffs is if he doesn't get, good initial pass rush and he knows he's not going to beat him he plays to bat the ball down and i i mean he's huge so like right he's six five six four six five and so for him to be able to do that is just it's awesome i love his defensive style i could sit here and drool over tj watt for the next 15 or 20 minutes but i will not do that yeah i mean props to him he absolutely should win defensive player of the year and a thousand percent has deserved it yeah, my my preseason prediction for defensive player of the year was Miles Garrett. I honestly I don't feel bad about that at all. The guy had 16 sacks this season. He had uh 17 tackles for a loss. He had a yeah, a f- scoop and score uh forced fumble return for a touchdown. I think Miles Garrett's fif- one of the 51, defensive player of the year finalists. 51 total tackles like he like he's going to I don't know. He's probably not going to get any votes, but like if he got a vote or two, it would be warranted because he had a great season. Um, so I feel really good about that preseason pick, but it's absolutely TJ Watt. He's going to win it. He's unbelievable. 22 and a half sacks, 21 tackles for a loss, uh, seven passes defended, five forced fumbles, 64 total tackles. I mean, an insane, unbelievable year for this guy. Uh, and, I'm with you. I wish that he would have been able to play that extra game or two because uh, he missed two games this year. And maybe if he got to play those, maybe he'd break Strahan's record. But there's still time. There's still time. Maybe he has another unbelievable season next year and breaks Ooh, it. That'd, that'd be, be that. I mean, if he does that, if he comes anywhere close to like replicating this season, I mean, that's Hall of Fame. Maybe, I was going to say, maybe go ahead and put him in the Hall of Fame. I, I mean, mean, it's. Yeah. It's Let's unbelievable getting that bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for sure, this is uh maybe one of my worst picks. Offensive player of the year. My preseason prediction was Christian McCaffrey. Which, to be fair, like yeah, to be fair, no. I didn't know that I he'd get injured again yeah. and miss the whole season again. Uh, and and I mean, you didn't have the Panthers winning that division, so <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Could be worse. Uh, and man, I really hope this guy's career isn't derailed by these two seasons because this is yeah. this is tough. This is a guy that has so much potential. He just has to stay on the field. An unbelievable 2019 year, two seasons ago, but since then he's had back-to-back seasons of injuries that have have just plagued him. So not not a terrible pick, but it looks bad in hindsight because he missed so much time. For my current prediction, what I think will happen Thursday night, this, I feel like, I'm pretty sure me and you have been in step the entire time on our predictions outside of Coach of the Year. I think we're still going to be in step here. All right. I'm interested as to what as to what you say. I have Cooper Cup as the Offensive Player of the Year. As I think, do I. Wow. I, I, think he has yeah. a, I think he has a legitimate case for MVP, but I mean, with he's that. He's a receiving that, triple crown winner. Like, I, right. Yeah. With it, with it, with it being a quarterback award, it's tough to not pick a quarterback for MVP. So I'm putting him as offensive player of the year. Yeah. Triple triple crown wide receiver led the league 
in receptions, yards, touchdowns. Consistent, reliable receiver for Stafford all season. Constantly making big plays for the Rams offense. Huge reason why they're going to the Super Bowl to face Cincy. Yeah, yeah I, I think that I wouldn't have put him in MVP conversation because to me it's hard for a wide receiver. It's like that's yeah. so dependent on the quarterback and – it's hard to say that there's not somebody else on your team who could have done it. You know, like if Robert Woods That's hadn't true. gotten injured, um, if Odell had been there the whole season, if Odell had been there the whole season. It's like, yeah. you might not have. Yeah. So receivers to me, receivers are more product of opportunity. Um, by and large, unless it's a, like, I mean, it, it's hard to say. Cause it's like, you know, he is, he is the one who's getting separation and getting open but I mean, there's plenty of times that guys are open and the receiver and the quarterback can't get on the ball. Um, right. So, yeah, I preseason I had Nick Chubb. I, I don't feel terrible about that either. Yeah, I wouldn't either. Uh, Nick Chubb second second in the league in rushing this year. Um, the highest average yards per carry inside the top thirty. Tony Pollard had five and a half a carry, and Miles Sanders had five and a half a carry. But that was Nick Chubb had five and a half yards of carry, 1,259 yards, eight touchdowns. He's, uh, to me, underutilized. I mean, I know he was hurt a yeah, couple games, potentially. but he only had 228 carries versus Jonathan Taylor, who had uh, 110 more carries, Joe Mixon, who had 70 more carries, Najee Harris had 80 more carries, Dalvin Cook had only 20 more carries. But, I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, he's... Yeah, but Dalvin Cook had 20 more carries in one less game than him. So, yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, I, I think that he's definitely underutilized. He's he's a monster. I, I mean, five and a half yards a carry on the season. 1,259 yeah. 1, yards. Give me that on my team any day of the week. Absolute fantastic running back. Uh, but, yeah, it. I think it should go to Cooper Cup. I think that he is the... I think he's the best non-quarterback, and especially in a year where there wasn't like a dominant performance by a quarterback. Right. Um, that like when you look at the stats, there is there's nobody who like blows you away. It's not it's not like in years past where you've had guys who didn't have a bad game. I mean, you look at the the quarterbacks who had single digit interceptions. And you have to get down to ninth on yards. So Kirk Cousins yeah. had seven. Aaron Rodgers had four. Carson Wentz had seven. Jared Goff had eight. So Russ, Russ had six, I think. Russ had six. Jalen Hurts had nine. I'm not going to go through and list everybody who had single digit interceptions. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's and and you've got a a lot of QBs who had. Um, a quarterback rating of over a hundred, you know, but nobody that was like just absolutely unbelievable right. other than one guy who stands out above all of them who we'll get to in just a second. Cause I'm sure we have the same guy. Um, let's both give our, our preseason. Uh, I just mostly want to hear you talk about your preseason <laughs> MVP. Mine was Josh Allen. Feel fine about it. Uh, he didn't have the best season, but down the stretch, Especially once he got into the playoffs, he turned on playoff Josh Allen and was unbelievable. Yeah, yeah Josh he, stepped, Allen, he stepped up big when he needed to. He he started off slow this year, but ended up ended up picking it back up and and got back to what we saw from him last season. 
Um, and who I just I I just want to remember your your MVP preseason was. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I I even said this. I even said this on our predictions uh, episode way back in the day. Uh, I said that I'm going out on a limb here. I'm getting a little crazy, but my preseason MVP prediction was none other than quarterback <laughs> of the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield. Uh, now, did I know that Baker Mayfield would struggle with an injury all season? No. I just want to point out, this is my reasoning for choosing Baker Mayfield. The final 10 games of 2020, he had just under 2,500 yards, 16 touchdowns, and two picks with listen, a, with a if, if 64% know, completion percentage. If they want That's my, that was my to reasoning. Why you thought that he was going to be the MVP, they can go back and listen to that podcast. Right, but I'm just, saying, you bang I'm just saying, I'm just saying, at the time, I didn't feel bad about that. I thought it was a risky pick, but I thought, you know, if this guy's second year in Stefanski's offense, I think we could see some improvement. If he replicates what he did down the stretch in 2020, then maybe he's going to have a great season. None of that came to fruition. Uh, it looks real, real bad in hindsight. It's probably my absolute worst pick that I've ever made on this podcast. Yeah, I think it makes us about even. Uh, you got two right, but uh, then you also picked Baker Mayfield as your MVP. So, <laughs> oh, so it's a much, it's a complete it's wash. A wash. Okay. It's a wash. <laughs> I get no credit. <laughs> Absolutely none. You get it's all erased. It's all uh, erased. Yeah, it's 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 real bad. It's real. Like bad. me in college when I showed up to a class and like in the class I had earned uh I think like an A or a B, but then my professor sent me an email after and said, Hey look, you didn't show up to class enough, so I have to fail you. <laughs> so I had to retake the class. So that's essentially what you've done here is that you have you I don't did, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair. But there's this just one part we can't get over. You I'm gotta... disagreeing wholeheartedly with that. I don't think it's fair. It just looks bad. <laughs> like at the time, that was not a terrible pick. I, it I, just and, looks bad in hindsight. I mean, isn't that how all of this works? Like, I'm not. I didn't make excuses for why I picked Chase Young or Arthur Smith. Like, it was a bad pick. I okay. Uh, I'll take the L. Like, I just uh... whiffed on that one. Like I said last week, sometimes you just got to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yeah, and and also, I mean, in the moment, I told you that I didn't think it was that crazy of a pick. That's because it uh, wasn't that crazy. It wasn't. It wasn't that crazy. So I still, like, I I said this earlier in Discord. The Out of all the potential teams that have been discussed of Rodgers going to, leaving Green Bay, the one quarterback that I'm okay getting in return is Baker Mayfield. And it's because I truly believe this kid has... I truly believe this kid... Listen, out of all the teams that have quarterbacks that would potentially be sent back uh, for Aaron Rodgers... No, you can keep your Teddy Bridgewater. Give me... Like, I truly believe this kid has a ton of potential. He He has that same fiery passion and mentality that Taylor Heineke has, but he has more skill than Taylor Heineke. It just has to have the right coach be able to bring that out in him. And I, and and now listen, I think I think the Baker is on the cusp of being 
an NFL bust if he's not already labeled that. Uh, I think that he could very easily be out of the NFL or be a backup for some random team uh, two years from now. But I think this guy has a lot of potential that could be wasted if he doesn't end up in the right situation with the right coach. I'm not saying that's Green Bay, and I'm not saying it's not Cleveland. I still believe in Stefanski, but there's something that happened that has happened there this year, and maybe it's all injury-related, but I still believe in Baker Mayfield, and I don't think that if I'm Cleveland, I don't want to give up on him yet. What's funny is that you said you'd much rather have Baker Mayfield than Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm looking at the... Uh, the stat, the passing leaders for this season, and they're literally right next to each other. I don't have to like try to find them on the list. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater, Ched, Teddy Bridgewater, oh, Wather. I can't even. <laughs> We're done. I'm moving on. Let's just keep it going. Uh, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater had 30. It was the the th from 30 was catching me. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater had 32 more passing attempts. Okay. Uh, sorry. Sorry. Passing completions, sorry, passing okay. completions, but only eight more attempts. So they okay. started. They both started fourteen games. So it's not like either one of them has like a huge advantage. Pretty close. Pretty close. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater completed sixty-six point nine. Let's call it seventy. Seventy percent of his passes. Sorry, sixty-seven yeah. percent. Not yeah. a math podcast. Sixty-seven percent of his passes. Baker Mayfield, sixty point five percent of his passes. Yeah. That's like way worse. Like again, not a math podcast, but that's that's bad. Then we get over to uh, the the other important columns, which are touchdowns and interceptions. Teddy Bridgewater, eighteen touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, seventeen touchdowns. Pretty comparable, right? Like that's right on pace with each other. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Wather. He's Teddy Bridgewater from now on. It sounds more prestigious anyway. <laughs> this is Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater had seven interceptions, and Baker the Mayfield had a lot. Thirteen a lot. interceptions. I mean, he's he's so not he's not double. he's not he's not in Jameis territory though. Uh, I mean, it's like half of Jameis though. Like if you just exactly, double those, it's 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 Jameis number. It's half, but it's also half the touchdowns. Listen, like seventeen I, and thirteen. I genuinely think be- so. Twenty twenty was Baker Mayfield statistically his best season in the league. His best season was Stefanski's first year there in Cleveland in that in that offense. So I genuinely believe that his injury has played a bigger role in his decline this season than most people think. I hope so. I I'm with you. I hope so. I I do like Baker Mayfield. I I I say all this in jest like I would not root against Baker Mayfield. I think that he I hope that he is able to recover from from the surgery and come back and be um the AFC's 7th best quarterback because the AFC is just absolutely if he's 7th out loaded I'll take 7th best if, uh, that's I mean, a win for me if he's 7th best the AFC's got <laughs> Justin Herbert Patrick Mahomes Joe Burrow Josh Allen uh Lamar Jackson Lamar Jackson uh Davis Mills I mean oh, stacked get out of here absolutely get- stacked with talent man <laughs> Is it too late for I'm me to change my rookie of the year? I was about to say I'm surprised you didn't go with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's gonna win. Uh, he's gonna win most improved player for next year. Yeah, he's gonna do. Get out of here. I don't think that's a thing they do in the NFL. <laughs> I know they do it in the NBA. It it would be cool if they did that though. Like like I would a, break, love it. a breakout type guy. 
Like, yeah. absolute, without a doubt, there's not even a close second. Most improved player in the NFL this year is Devondre Campbell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there, like I, there's nobody. I, I mean, some might argue Trey Diggs, but Trey Diggs also gave up the most yards of anybody in the football. So, right, right. Um, I, I mean, what Devondre Campbell did from being let go from Arizona to an All Pro in Green Bay. Yeah, n- without a doubt most improved player in the NFL. Yeah. Big well, uh, big heart for, for Devondra Campbell over here. So we never got to our current predictions for MVP. Uh, we both got Aaron Rodgers. Everybody's got Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Not everybody. Not everybody. Okay, the Brady boys, the Brady bunch, <laughs> they love Tom Brady, but I just think that Tom Brady, Tom Brady threw three times as many intercepts. Sorry, uh, not a math podcast. Yeah, no, that's right. He threw three times... Yeah. As many interceptions yeah. as Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers went thirty-seven and four. That's unbelievable. Uh, like if if you want to if you want to hear something even crazier, two of those picks were in week one against the Saints. A wow. game where a game where he had zero touchdowns. So he wow. went thirty-seven and two over his next uh fifteen games because he missed a game. That's crazy. Thirty seven and two. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I also chose uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, because... I think that hopefully people don't just give it to Tom Brady because it's his last year and it's like, give it to Tom Brady. Because, I mean, yes, he led the league in yards and he threw 43 touchdowns. Led the league in yards, led, led the league in touchdowns, yeah. But he also had 12 picks, which yep. is, like, not yep. good. Yep. I mean, it's more picks than Dak Prescott, more picks. I mean, he threw the same number of picks as Matt Ryan and Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't like that's not he only threw one less pick than Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So making my Baker pick look even better. Yeah. Now, <laughs> now nobody, nobody threw more interceptions uh, than Matt Stafford did. So not that I'm a Stafford hater because he sent Tom Brady into retirement. Uh, so. You definitely, you definitely are, but it's okay. Um, I'm, 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 I'm learning. I'm trying to quit. Okay. Yeah, Aaron Aaron Rodgers, sixty eight point nine percent completion percentage, which is third in the league, four thousand one hundred fifteen yards. That that's if you want to knock him for anything, that's the one area that you can say Aaron Rodgers didn't have a stellar season. If you even want to say that, because he was tenth in the league in passing yards with four thousand one hundred fifteen yards. You you still four thousand yards is still an unbelievable amount. Like yeah, hats off to you. Thirty seven touchdowns, fourth in the league. Only the four picks, which is first in the league, 111.9 passer rating, first in the league, 69.2 QBR, first in the league. I mean, I, I think it is tough. Like, part of me feels like I'm being a homer by picking him, but the guy also had a great season. He led his team to the number one seed in the NFC. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a homer pick. I think that it's the right pick. And again, also coming from a Tom Brady hater. So, I don't know. And especially like you think about the level of talent on those teams. Yep. We've talked about that yep. if if we if you put Jimmy Garoppolo in Tampa Bay, that yep. team probably making the playoffs. If you put Jimmy Garoppolo in Green Bay, that team misses the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Give, Absolutely. Give me, give me Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Rob Gronkowski to pass the ball to every week. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers gets Devontae Adams and some other dudes. Right, like worse, yeah. a worse receiving core than 
the Detroit Lions. Well, maybe, maybe. The thing is, like, Devontae Adams is so good. Like, in my opinion, Devontae is the number one receiver in the league. Um, right. You could make an argument for some other guys, but I think what he's able to do with his feet, his hands, his everything makes him makes him number one. But don't give me that look over there. <laughs> I understand. Able to do I understand. His, his I understand. His everything. I understand phrasing and whatever. What he can uh, do with his everything. <laughs> Carry on. Uh, Carry on. I just want to Anyways, point out so I think having the number one like Devontae Adams. I think having the number one wide receiver in the entire league uh bumps that wide receiver court up a bit. And also, like, MVS and Alan Lazard aren't scrubs. Randall Cobb is definitely on his last legs in the NFL. But he's not hes not a bum either. So you have solid guys around, but all of those guys are probably, like, uh, wide receiver threes on any other team. May, maybe, depending on the team, a wide receiver two. But none of them are going to go to another team and be, a, a you know, number one receiver. Chris Godwin could go to another team and be the number one receiver. Yeah. I am surprised by how much we agreed on on the awards. I didn't think there was that many clear-cut favorites. So the only one we disagree on is coach of the year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's the only one. That's the only one that we disagree on. Everything else, I mean, and everything else seems to be pretty clear-cut. I mean, other than potentially MVP and maybe offensive player of the year. Everybody else might not be as high on Cooper Cup, but I think they would be. I mean, I think uh, the only other option is if you if you give the MVP to the wrong quarterback, then I think you you would fix that with offensive player of the year, right. which isn't really fixing it, but whatever. And the only other option for offensive player of the year to me is Jonathan Taylor, who right. ultimately didn't get his team to the playoffs. Yeah. So, and I think when you compare what Jonathan Taylor did and what Cooper Cup did, Cooper yeah. Cup, I mean, he was second all time in receiving yards yeah. in a single yeah. season, and led the league in three different categories. So, so his, it's a historically great season for a wide yeah. receiver. Yeah, yeah. And what Jonathan Taylor did is not a historically great running back season. It's right. just right. a great rushing leader season. So right. I think that's it for our awards predictions, and I think. We're gonna keep it all in one episode. Yeah, because I don't see any. We're we're not gonna be able to talk have, about Super Bowl for even like twenty minutes. We have one game to pick. Yeah, the biggest game of the year. So I say, let's get picky with it. Na 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 na, getting picky with it. Na 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 na, getting picky with it. Na 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 na, getting picky with it. The last, the last time of the season. Last time of the 2021 season. It feels really weird to say. But on Sunday, February 13th, we get Super Bowl 56 with, weirdly enough, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to Los Angeles to face <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams oh, are the the Rams oh, are the away oh, team. Uh, the Bengals are the home team. I don't know how they determine that, but yeah, the Los Angeles Rams traveling to their home stadium of SoFi Stadium to face the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Los Angeles currently four-point favorites. I think that's pretty fair. I think this team is absolutely loaded, but I also think the Bengals might be getting slept on a little bit. 
I think the Bengals are a talented team. They're going to surprise some people. They're going to be able to put up some points against a fantastic LA defense. I think we're in for a fantastic game that we can all agree, no matter who wins, we all win. This is an amazing game that we got dealt. So, for the final time this season, who you got, man? I am going to take the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go! I think that this team is hot. And that sometimes is all that matters coming into the postseason is which yep. team is the hottest. Yep. Um, now, the Rams also, I mean, they got to the Super Bowl. Like, you can't call them not hot. But Absolutely. I think that there's just something about them. Like, they've got that it factor, which is weird to, like, you can't quantify that, you know. This this Cincinnati team, now, obviously a different result, but this Cincinnati team reminds me a lot of the Falcons in 2016 when the Falcons, their offense all season, I mean, now that Falcons offense was historically great. I mean, unbelievably good, uh, great offense in, in 2016. And, right. and this Bengals defense, I mean, this Bengals offense is, I mean, not necessarily historically great, but they were high-powered all year. Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, like, just fantastic. And then, about midway through the season, this Cincy defense started to to turn some things around, which is exactly what happened for the Falcons. Falcons' yep. first half of the season in 2016, their defense was stinky poo-poo, and then the last half of the season, they became like a top-10 defense. And I think that's what we've seen from Cincinnati. This defense is playing with confidence. There's not a lot of big, splashy names on Cincinnati's defense, and so I think that they get slept on. You talk about something getting slept on. It's this Cincinnati defense. What they did to Patrick Mahomes in the second half, I raved about it last episode, what they did to Patrick Mahomes in the second half of that AFC championship game was unbelievable. This defensive coordinator, whoever he is, was able to adjust and absolutely shut down Patrick Mahomes in the second half. And I think if that defense shows up, if they can make adjustments against this Rams offense like they did against the Chiefs offense, I think since he's got this in the bag because... Yeah, potentially. Now, this is going to be maybe the best defense that since he's played in the postseason. If I'm remembering, they played the Raiders... And then they played the Titans. Okay, and they looked great against the Titans. So, yeah. and both both those teams, the Raiders and Titans, both have solid defenses. The Titans, especially, yeah, but the, the Raiders, Titans, for the sure. Raiders' defense wasn't bad. Yeah, with, um, the the Chiefs, the Chiefs was definitely the worst defense they faced. Yeah, and I wouldn't even like the way the Chiefs' defense has been playing had been playing in the playoffs. I wouldn't call them like terrible, but right. Yeah, I mean the Rams are stacked. Like you you said that you're not wrong. Like. I would not be surprised if the Rams win because they just have – they've got the consistent players. Mm -hmm. Odell Beckham, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, Matt Stafford even I would put in that list, uh, Cooper Cup. They're just consistent. Like they've been there. They're veterans. I mean this is a – it is the veterans against the young bloods. Like that's what this Super Bowl is. It's the old guard versus the new guard. And so – I think that the new guard, they just don't know better than to be afraid. Like, 
I think that's the thing. They just don't know that it's like to them. They're like, Oh yeah, this is how we play football. Not this might be the only chance I have. Like if you're Matt Stafford, you're thinking this is the only shot I have at this. If you're Joe Burrow, you're playing with house money. You can come out there and have a blast. And if that's what you do, you're probably going to win the Super Bowl. If you're Matt Stafford trying to make stuff happen, trying to force things, he might throw a pick or two. Like if, if that's the way he's playing, but I'll be happy either way. In all honesty, like I love Von Miller. I love Aaron Donald. That dude is an unbelievable football player. Cooper cup. I'd love to see him get one. Sonny Michelle's a Georgia boy. Even though Matt Stafford's a Georgia boy, it's complicated. My relationship with Matt Stafford. I like a lot of the players on LA's team, but I like this Bengals team a lot too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on everything. Uh, I think, I think this Bengals team really has something special and, and it's weird in sports. It really is all about who gets hot at the right time. Um, especially in, I think in baseball more than any other sport, uh, and probably in basketball, the least it does seem like in basketball, typically the best team wins in the end, but in football, you get hot at the right time. You make some moves down the stretch, sneak into the, the playoffs and ma- and make a run. I mean, it seems to happen more than it probably should. You look at the Giants teams that beat the the Patriots in in 2007 and 2011. Those two teams like I think they snuck in as like a 6 seed wild card both times. Yeah. And one of those, they went out and beat the 18 and 0 at the time New England Patriots trying to do the one thing that no team uh, only one team has done, which is the 72 Dolphins, which is to go perfect and win the, and win the Super Bowl. What's crazy to me is how evenly matched these two teams are, which you wouldn't think that when you look at the Los Angeles Rams and the dream team that they've assembled there. Right. Points per game for the Rams and the Bengals, even. 27.1 points per game. Wow. What they, what they got all season. Points allowed per game. The Los Angeles Rams, 18.3. The Cincinnati Bengals, just a hair more, 19.7. Almost identical. You look at the total yards, 386 for the Rams, 385 for the Bengals. And even when you split it down into passing and rushing, which is the crazy thing to me because, in my opinion, Zach Taylor does love to run a very balanced offense in Cincinnati. That's why Joe Mixon has had a heck of a season. But... He, passing, that has that has shifted and it it has shifted it has shifted for sure but the yards passing 287 for the rams 282 for the Bengals, 99 on the ground for the rams 102 on the ground for the, for the Bengals. it's so even across the board the one the one difference is the yards allowed it's 286 for the rams 395 for the Bengals. which as you mentioned that Bengals defense didn't really turn it on until about halfway through the season and down the stretch. So I think that's a little bit of a misleading stat there. But I will say my one area of concern is the Los Angeles front against that very, very subpar Bengals offensive line. Joe Burrow has taken a lot of sacks this year. He just took nine sacks against the Tennessee Titans two or three weeks ago. It's I think that Aaron Donald and the boys but he was only are going to... one time against, against the Chiefs. Uh, you that, and I talked about this. That's, that is true. That is true. I think but it's we also play style. I don't and, know that and it's we, necessarily their offensive line. And we mentioned we mentioned that in that game, 
It's like he had been listening to the podcast because he, he went out. <laughs> he What's went out. On, he went out and started getting rid of the ball much quicker than he had against Tennessee, and he was scrambling around and picking up some yards with his feet when when there was nothing available. Instead of sitting in the pocket and trying to wait for a play to develop, he would say, "Okay." Plays breaking down. Let me get out of this and go pick up two or three with my feet and get out of bounds. So credit to him for doing that. And if he keeps that up, and I mean, I think he's going to have to do that against this Rams front. This Rams front is much, much better than the Kansas City front. Like I said, I, I, th- I, I think I, I would not be surprised if Aaron, if Aaron Donald has a two or three sack day against Joe Burrow. Maybe. Um, so you were looking at regular season. I'll, I'll break down the the. NFL postseason. So over the course of okay, this yeah, entire yeah, yeah. postseason, uh, these two teams, the way those same stats shake out, Cincinnati Bengals averaging 24 points a game, Rams 28 points a game. Rushing and passing, uh, Rams are at 305 passing yards a game, Bengals are at 250. So 60 yards difference there. Rushing, the Rams have 94 yards a game, Bengals have 88 yards a game. Then you flip over to defense, and things get worse for the Bengals. <laughs> the Rams are only allowing 20, 274 yards a game, and the Bengals are allowing 371, so almost 100 yards more per game. Passing is pretty equal. Rams give up 220 a game. Bengals give up 243 a game. Yeah. Rushing, Rams have given up 54 yards a game. 54 yeah. rushing yards a game, and the Bengals have given up 127. So, if the Rams can get in there and stop the run and stop Joe Mixon, make him irrelevant, that starts to become a problem for Joe and the boys. I will say um, this, though. In the pro season, the Rams haven't faced a running back like Joe Mixon, though. That's true. They faced the Eagles. Oh, no, they didn't They didn't face the Eagles. They faced uh, the Cardinals, who couldn't do anything. No. They faced the... And who were down early and didn't run. Right. They faced the... Um, 49ers. They faced the 49ers, who also couldn't get much going. And they faced the the Bucks, who don't have a run game. Didn't have... Leonard Fournette was out. Right. 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 So the the last two things I did want to mention is points per game. Bengals are allowing 19.7, and the Rams are allowing 18.3. So those yeah. def- those defenses points-wise, and that is because the Bengals are first in the playoffs in turnover differential. They are plus five in the playoffs in turno- turnover differential. They have seven total takeaways to the Rams' five, and two total giveaways, again, to the Rams' five. So... The, the Bengals, as far as turnovers, are are destroying in that. So if they can get in right. there and get a couple turnovers and not commit any turnovers, that's what's going to win the game. as you said earlier, Stafford led the league in interceptions this year. Yep. So that's something to watch. And honestly, like to me, this game is at its most interesting when it's the Bengals' offense versus the Rams' defense. Um, the I'm... I'm honestly not know, I'm honestly not I'm not too worried about the Bengals defense being able to hold LA in check and as we as we mentioned uh against the Chiefs them making the adjustments I'm not worried like I think that I think since he 
Cincinnati's defense can hold LA, and I think their defensive coordinator can make any adjustments that he needs to make. To me, the matchups that I'm most concerned about for Cincinnati are Jalen Ramsey on Jamar Chase. Can he eliminate Jamar Chase in that game, make him a non-factor? And No, no, he can't. Did you see how but he potentially Ramsey got absolutely toasted? I did, I did. Uh, who was that? Was that... Was that Debo or was that the game before? It was either Debo um, or Ayuk. Oh, it was Mike Evans. He okay, was okay, absolutely yeah, yeah. destroyed by Mike Evans. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah, I, but I but Jaylen, trust Jalen Ramsey to guard. But Jalen, but Jalen Ramsey is also one of the best cornerbacks in the game for a reason. Uh, that could have just been a bad game. I also think that I think that when you have top tier wide receiver on top tier cornerback more times than not the top tier wide receiver wins out i don't know why that is that just seems to be the case but if Jalen, if Jalen can make jamar chase a non-factor if that changes things immensely for that that offense and if aaron donald and the boys can get back there and put some pressure aaron donald and von miller all those guys up front get back there and put some pressure on joe burrow get some sacks um force them into some some bad throws then i think think that's that's where things get the most interesting to me i'm not again the rams offense versus cincinnati defense the rams offense is going to put up points they're going to but i think that if if the Bengals can beat the rams defense i think they win the game that's that's the key for me yeah i i don't i mean i'm excited about all of it like yeah I'm i want to see if the if the Bengals can hold off i'm excited to see what that Bengals defense has i yeah. mean i i think that They've been, like, when people talk about this game, they're going to be talking about Joe Burrow. They're going to be talking about Matt Stafford. They're going to be talking about Aaron Donald. Nobody's going to be talking about the defensive players for Cincinnati. The Bengals don't have many studs. Uh, You've got Bates out there, who's a solid safety. You've got Taylor Mays, a lot of people know. I mean, there's just not a lot of big name brands on that Cincinnati defense. And so... I think that they're going to be slept on and I'm excited to watch them make up for it. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I'm excited either way. I mean, I think it's going to, hopefully it will be a great Super Bowl. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I do hope that the game lives up to the hype, but at the same time, like if it's a blowout one way or the other, I think I'm still okay with it because I'm, I, I'm okay with either of these teams winning. I'm happy with either team winning. Which I do want, I do want to think is more likely the Rams, the Rams blowing out the Bengals. I think is far more likely. I don't see Cincy being able to go out there and, and completely just demolish LA. Yeah. But I but I I think LA demolishing Cincy is a real I mean they were down 18 points to the Chiefs. They were down 21 to 3. I think I I wouldn't be surprised if it's the same way against LA. That's what's interesting is this Rams team late in games you think about the game that let the 49ers into the playoffs. They were up 17 to 0. And the 49ers true. came back in yeah. the second half to beat them and make yeah. the playoffs. And they almost so, gave up the lead to the Bucks. And, yeah, they and, I mean yeah. they they blew that lead. And yeah. in all definitions of it, they blew that lead and then were yeah. able to get that last drive down the field right. and kick the field goal to win the game. Stafford and Cup. And and then you look at the other side of the ball and you have the Cincinnati Bengals who come back were, kings. Yeah. I mean yep. they were down 21 to 3 against the Chiefs. Like yep. they're the one team 
that if you get down, you're not supposed to be able to catch back up because of yeah. how good that offense is. Yeah. And they did it. So there's there's not going to be a point in time until the clock hits zero that this game is over. This can be if there's anybody, if there's anybody who can make everybody forget about the Falcons 28 to 3. It's this game. <laughs> that game could be it could be 28 to 0. And I believe that Cincinnati could come back and win the game yeah. in the second half. I think so. that speaks so much about Joe Burrow too. Yeah. Like like his his poise under pressure. Yeah. Like and and his leadership. Like I think I really do think this kid is special. I think we're looking at at a potential like top five quarterback for the next decade kind yeah. of guy. I mean he's he's and again to think that two years ago he won a Heisman and won the national championship. And in two years, he took that team that was so bad that they drafted him number one overall and got them to a Super Bowl. So my, you brought that up. My favorite stat going into this game is there have only been two players ever to win a national championship and a Super Bowl, which is – sorry, two quarterbacks, probably right. more than that in position players. Right. Only been two quarterbacks to ever win national championship and a Super Bowl. Both of them named Joe. Joe Montaigne <laughs> yeah. and Joe Namath. Hmm. So, here we sit in the Super Bowl with wow. a quarterback named Joe who's won a national championship. <laughs> That's all we need. All he yeah. needs. He's, he's got two of the three. His name is Joe, and he's won a national championship. <laughs> all he's got to do is win the Super Bowl. Yeah. We could be looking at the third Magic Joe. Like I said, I mean, we've we've said it multiple times, but I think either way, we're in for a heck of a game, and it's going to be a good one for yeah. all of us. And I'm with you. If if the Lions pull it out, I'm happy for Stafford. Yeah. Like mainly Stafford more than anybody else. Vaughn Miller too. He gets another one. I'll be happy for him. But Aaron Donald, I like Stafford and Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald deserves one at this point. But yeah. Stafford to endure all those years in Detroit and, I mean, that's and, pretty incredible. and and mediocrity and finally get out ending his first season somewhere else he takes him to a Super Bowl. I think that's that's something yeah. special. I think that would really just help take his legacy to the next level if he goes and gets the Super Bowl win. Uh especially if he does it and, and wins potentially wins Super Bowl MVP while doing yeah. it. That'd be huge for him. And I'd be I'd be ecstatic. I, I like Stafford. I've been much higher on him than you all season. Uh, all season. But man, I, I think we're going to see something special. I don't know who's going to do it, but I think we're going to be seeing something special happen on Sunday. Between, like, I think there's just too many guys out there that have that it factor and that, that yeah. specialness to them that something amazing is going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. I'm excited about the game. I'm excited about the halftime show. Oh, I the halftime! I haven't even talked about the halftime show that the NFL absolutely nailed Crushed for like it. the first time in a long time. It seems like like I don't want to knock Beyonce and Katy Perry and Bruce. like they all had great uh, halftime shows, but the NFL. I like the weekend. I love the weekend. Sure, it's, it's kind of weird. I, know, I'm fa- yeah. I'm fine if but, people didn't like it. I just personally love the weekend. So the NFL crushed it this year with with like. We talked earlier about Washington not listening to their fan base. I think the NFL absolutely played to their fan base on this one. This is going to be a fantastic halftime show. I heard somebody say that they were like, it makes me really sad that we didn't get this this in Atlanta because, like, there's so many music acts that are from Atlanta. Yeah. Especially, like, with the NFL finally being like, you guys, 
wait, you guys like rap music? We can do <laughs> rap music. Yeah, we can have that be the halftime show. Like, if we had done that in Atlanta, we could have had Usher. We could. I know that's like way old, so sorry. Date isn't, myself. There. Isn't uh, isn't Outcast ATO? Out. Oh yes, like yeah. that would have been the headliners. Yeah. Would have been Outcast. You've yeah. got Migos who are from Atlanta. You've got. I mean, I, there's so many artists from Atlanta. If you want to get technical, <laughs> right. Elton John has lived in Atlanta for most of his life. Yeah. So. And by most of his life, I mean the last like 20 plus years. Um, Elton John, Elton John is basically, we call him an Atlanta native at this point. <laughs> Sir, Sir Elton John is, I mean, he loves Atlanta. So yeah. we could have thrown him in there. I mean, it would have been awesome. They who, had did, an Atlanta who did uh, who'd they have in Atlanta? Dagon Maroon 5. Oh, ah, who, yeah. Yeah. I loved Maroon 5's first album, one of my favorite albums yeah, of all time. It's got, it's Songs gotten, about Jane, absolutely incredible album. They've gone way downhill since then. Every album since then got progressively worse. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah I saw I saw a meme about, uh, it said, Eminem in the halftime show and Matt Stafford quarterback in the Rams is the closest that Detroit's ever going to get to a Super Bowl. That's, yeah, they've made it <laughs> at this point. Like, if you're, you're happy. Like, this, is be- this is closer than we thought we were going to yeah, get this year. Yeah. Well... I think we're in for a good one. Yep. Get your popcorn. Get your nachos. If you've got maracas and castanets, break them out for this spicy matchup. It's going to be a spicy one. It's going to be a spicy matchup. Well, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. If you still haven't yet, for some reason, I've been saying it for 30 episodes now, uh, to go like and follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at BoothReview underscore pod. Come over to Twitch and hang out with us on Twitch at BoothReviewPod. Join the Discord. The link is in the description for the podcast. We're, we'll be discussing this game, I'm sure, uh, on Discord. So come join into the fun. Get into this. Get into the discussion. Talk some football with us. Uh, and again, thank you for supporting us all season and, and listening, continuing to listen. And we will be back next week for our final episode reviewing whatever crazy specialness that happened in the the Super Bowl this year. And we can't wait and can't wait to do this all again next season with you guys. So, with all that being said, I think that's that. That's that. 